Hello, I'm Laura Castleton, U.S. Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of brighter futures for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. I'm with you, John Fort. I'm Melissa Lee, and this is Fast Money. Tonight's trader lineup, Guy Dami, Tim Seymour, Steve Grasso, and Karen Feinerman. Tonight on Fast, the Fed's big shift. Stocks rally as the Federal Reserve announces an historic policy change. The big money details straight ahead. Plus, shares of Gap surging in the after-hours session on earnings. The company's call is just kicking off. We'll bring you all the headlines. And later, Beyond Meat goes beyond the grocery store. We'll tell you about the big consumer play that got shares of the fake meat maker sizzling today. But we start off... For the TikTok twist, Walmart teaming up with Microsoft in a bid for the popular social media app. Both stocks rallying to new all-time highs today on this news. Let's get straight to Julia Borson. has got all the details. Julia. Well, Melissa, the news keeps coming on this one. Reuters just reporting that China's ByteDance told TikTok engineers this week to make contingency plans should it need to shut down its U.S. operations. TikTok confirming to us just now that they are preparing for various scenarios, including the potential of a forced shutdown, telling us, quote, we are simultaneously developing plans to try to ensure that our U.S. employees continue to get paid in any outcome. Now, this comes on the heels of Walmart confirming that it's teaming up with Microsoft to bid for TikTok as the government forces a sale by TikTok's Chinese parent ByteDance. Walmart telling us, quote, we believe a potential relationship with TikTok U.S. in partnership with Microsoft could add this key functionality and provide Walmart with an important way for us to reach and serve omni-channel customers, as well as grow our third-party marketplace and advertising businesses. Wedbush's Dan Ives telling us that Walmart partnering with Microsoft likely seals the deal. He tells us, quote, we believe Microsoft buying TikTok would be like Christmas morning coming early for investors, especially at a valuation in the $35 billion to $40 billion range or lower, depending on negotiations, which in a few years, if navigated the right way, could reach a valuation in the $200 billion area code. Kevin Mayer announcing his resignation as CEO of TikTok last night, indicating that a deal could be imminent. A source tells me that one reason that Mayer, that he resigned now is that he was excluded from the senior level, most senior deal talks with ByteDance CEO Zhang Yiming, leading talks with Microsoft and General Atlantic CEO Bill Ford, leading the talks with Oracle. Sources tell me that Mayer did not want to run a division at Microsoft. He'd have preferred the greater authority he'd have had if an investor group had bought out the company from ByteDance. Melissa? Julia, thank you. Julia Borsted. So we look at this news and you think, what, Tim? You thought re-rating for Walmart? Yeah, look, Walmart has been on a path to some type of an e-commerce or a, a tech platform multiple uh, probably since they went out and bought Jet. But, you know, Flipkart, uh, the discussion of Walmart Plus, what that means in terms of taking on the multi-channel, going toe-to-toe in e-commerce with, with Amazon. Look, y- you throw this in there and the ability to meet not only a younger demographic, but obviously their ability to then channel uh, and generate advertising revenues. This is uh, part of, in a world where we are re-rating companies and valuing companies based upon hybrid multiples, uh, why not Walmart? And, and why not a company that generates $15 billion a year in free cash flow. I think this is huge news, and I think Walmart's going higher. 
Um, there's not a lot of analyst notes out yet on this potential deal, but one analyst note from MKM, Karen, caught my eye, and that is the notion that if Walmart is now trying to switch from a transaction-based model to a subscription-based model with its sort of prime competitive offering, then the value of a captive audience, which TikTok would provide, all of a sudden goes up for a player like Walmart. And, and that's why perhaps the deal makes a whole lot of sense. That, that could be one reason. But I think even without that subscription, maybe that's a, maybe that's a wealthier buy of a Walmart customer. Either way, it's good. I think that the, I just went back and looked at a Goldman Sachs piece on some of the parts for Amazon. So obviously we know AWS, much higher margin, growing rapidly. Taking that out of the equation and looking at Amazon's, uh, the rest of Amazon's business, it trades, they were giving it a three and a half times sales multiple. Walmart doesn't even trade at one time sales, not even one. So if they can narrow this gap in any way at all, I mean, I think we could see very substantial upside for Walmart. And I got to give this, this uh, management team credit. They have been slowly, methodically changing the business. And it is definitely not your father's Walmart anymore. So I'm long. I like it. I think that, you know, the only risk of buying it a day like today is what if Microsoft doesn't end up getting it, uh, then, you know, then the stock will be down tomorrow. But if they do, I think there's more upside in the short term and the longer term here. What I thought was kind of unusual is that after Alex Sherman of CNBC.com broke this news on CNBC.com, Walmart actually came out and confirmed it. And I thought that was sort of a maybe a good sign guy that this deal was progressing. It was moving along that they are confident enough to say, you know what, instead of saying no comment on on rumors, um, that we will comment on it, in fact. Yeah, it is encouraging. You know, good for Karen and Tim, by the way. And, and a lot of people have loved this name. I mean, I thought valuation has been a concern. But to Tim's point about re-rating, you think about it, you know, Walmart has gone down this avenue in terms of media before with varying degrees of success. But this makes a lot of makes a lot of sense in terms of, you know, shoppable ads, interactive commercials, those types of things. I mean, everything you saw in the New York Times article today makes a lot of sense. So you have to ask yourself, what's the right multiple on the $6 of earnings-ish they're going to make next year? And I think analysts are going to start to crunch the numbers. And you're going to start seeing people probably with 180 to $200 price targets on this name, I think, to Tim's point. So kudos to the people that have been steadfast in this name. And, you know, kudos to Walmart, which, to Karen's point, is absolutely pushing the envelope. It is no longer your grandfather's WMT. I get Karen's argument, uh, Steve, but just looking at the TikTok potential transaction, do you feel comfortable enough surrounding what that could mean for Walmart to say, you know what, Walmart is worth more now? So I get the third party uh, marketplace. I get the growing the ads business. I think if you're looking for this to add the multiple or re-rating, you're going to be waiting till you're blue in the face. So I agree with everything that everyone has said. I just don't think you're going to get that re-rating in Walmart. I, I would be a, a, not a seller of it because, because it's very hard to sell this name because they have so many levers to pull. But you're not going to get anywhere near close a multiple for AWS. I don't even think they're going to close the gap. So I'd be a seller of it. That was Steve Grossel's eventually. polite, polite sorry, way. Sorry. Yeah. Eventually. Wow. eventually. Polite yeah. way of saying Tim's wrong. Tim, you're going to be no, waiting there until you're blue. I said in the, I agree. You, no, you I said, said that if you're waiting for you a re-rating of Walmart, you're going to be waiting until <laughs> you're blue in the face. That yeah, implies yeah, it's well, very I've long term. Right. I've, I've been wrong before. Um, I, I hear what Steve is saying, and and you know my point is. 
First of all, you've actually seen Walmart re-rate almost 20% on just this news, whether this happens or not, and the Walmart Plus news. The Walmart Plus news came out in the beginning of July. I think it was July 7th. The stock rocketed that day and basically has been digesting the whole e-commerce strategy and taking on Amazon and taking them on essentially in the e-commerce for the stuff that Amazon has been taking everybody's lunch for, especially in the broad line. So um, there's no question that Walmart is re-rated. How much it can and in what timeline, I don't know. But the partnership with Microsoft is not an insignificant part of this. They've been strategic partners for a few years now, and and it makes a lot of sense that there's a complementary nature here with Walmart using uh, their cloud and Azure, et cetera. But I I think if if you want to think about e-commerce volumes, Karen stripped out the AWS. I would simply say right now Amazon is 39 percent of of the e-commerce business in the United States. And Walmart is somewhere, uh, I think, around 5 or 6%. Walmart closing that gap is enormous. Walmart's e-commerce sales were up 97% as just announced in the past quarter. Uh, I, you know, look, there's no question Walmart has taken the technology transfer from Jet. We, we laugh when they paid $3 billion for it, but it actually got them going in the right direction. Flipkart, to me, uh, I'm not sure what the right multiple is for that. Uh, they paid $16 billion, but that also gives them a huge marketplace where e-commerce is only yeah, just started to begin. Karen, you obviously think you're not going to be waiting till you're blue in the face on this one if you're holding it. <laughs> Isn't that their color? Walmart's color is blue. No, I don't think I'll be waiting till I'm blue in the face. I, Tim, I think, started it, you know, that it has been re-rating already. And I think actually one other potential side effect that I don't know how to think about is if this happens and if, if, if Walmart is able to generate the sales as they hope, I, I'm thinking that Target is probably a little bit hurt by that. Not that there's not room for Target. There is. I like Target, too. I'm long Target. But I could see some of the Target customers sort of being picked off to become Amazon customers. I mean, I'm sorry, Walmart customers. All right, let's switch gears here. The Fed announcing a historic change to its monetary policy today, adopting an average inflation target that would allow inflation to run higher than normal for some time. That boosted hopes that the Fed will keep rates lower for longer. Take a look at the market reaction. Stocks moving higher today with the S&P 500 closing at another record high. The Dow briefly going positive for the year. The yield curve also steepening with the 10-year yield going well above 0.7%. Let's get more reaction to the Fed's big policy shift. Joining us now is Jim Bianco, president of Bianco Research. Jim, great to have you with us. Thanks for having me. Um, So the rally continues. This is a green light for the markets, right? Yeah, well... It is. It isn't a red light for the markets. Let's put it that way. What the Fed announced today is what we they said out loud, what we've always known. That is specifically that employment matters more than inflation in their dual mandate. If they don't believe that we're at full employment, they'll let inflation run a little bit hotter than they would normally. That's where that inflation number comes in, because employment takes the rule. And they added a third mandate which is financial stability. But we always knew that that was the case as well, too. Finally, the other big thing that the Fed did was they kind of took away a lot of the mechanical rules. So out is the Taylor rule, out is the Phillips curve, in is more human judgment at the Fed as to where they should be moving rates. Bottom line is they're not going to be moving rates for any time for the next couple of years. And yeah, it should be supportive of the market. But we kind of knew that yesterday as well, too. So they just said out loud what we already knew. Well, Jay, Jim, it's, it's clear that obviously uh, Chairman Powell doesn't buy two by fours at Home Depot or go grocery shopping because 
Now, we talk about lumber prices now for the last couple of months. And if you've gone to the supermarket recently, you've seen it. I mean, there is inflation out there. They just choose not to acknowledge it. So is, just, is this them probably seeing inflation's right around the corner and once again moving the goalpost? And to that end, is this market just on cruise control? Yeah, I mean, you're right about the inflation argument. You know, my, I think we're going to see inflation return, probably not until next year, because there's a little bit too much slack in the economy right now. They seem to be more f- focused on employment. But yeah, if they let the inflation numbers run too much, then you'll see it in interest rates. Interest rates will start to shoot up a lot. Uh, and then we'll be into a situation like we were in the fourth quarter of 2018. Remember, the Fed will put the balance sheet on automatic pilot was the word they used, and they were going to reduce the balance sheet. And then the market didn't like it. And then two weeks later, they dumped the whole thing and said, no, we'll be patient and flexible. They run that risk again as well, too. If they're going to ignore inflation too much, and you're right, if lumber prices keep moving up and gold prices keep moving up and we get inflation, then the Fed might be forced at some point to say, "Okay, forget that. We'll now respond to inflation because the markets don't like it. So. That's the immediate risk I see that they can have with this policy should inflation return. Jim, it's Karen. I was just looking yesterday at the um, the real tenure, which is negative versus the tenure, the uh, the nominal price. So we have inflation there and it's been moving up very steadily since March to about 174. Where do you think we know it's over two that the Fed will let inflation run? But how far over two? Do you think they would let it go before they felt that they had to do something? You know, that's an interesting question, because let's say they let it go to two and a half. The last time core inflation, because PCE is their measure, was two and a half, was 28 years ago. If they let it run the two and three eights, and I know that most people think that this is like economists just playing with rounding errors. We haven't seen those numbers in 14 years. So probably around two and three eights to two and a half is the upper end of where they would go. But that's a 14 to a 28 year high in the market. And that's why I said the risk is the market could see, man, we're at a 14 year high in inflation if we're only at two and three eighths. And if we continue to move higher from there, they'll start to really worry that things can get out of hand. And that's why it's risky for them to let inflation run that hot. So seeing where the markets are right now, Jim, and and expecting inflation to rise, sooner rather than later in terms of of the market expectation, which is almost never at this point. Um, Which sectors do you think do the best under this sort of scenario? Because as we see interest rates creep higher, it may not be technology um, that should be necessarily the beneficiary uh, of this next phase of the Fed. Yeah, if 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 inflation is going to return and and that's going to be manifested itself in in higher interest rates than basic materials to cyclicals, things that would re- do better in a, in a stronger nominal growth economy, nominal meaning real growth and inflation together. Those would probably be the sectors that would benefit from it. You're right that technology is more about real growth and financials, they could maybe benefit from a steeper yield curve, but higher interest rates would be a kind of a drag on that. And they've got a whole host of other problems as well. So I'd look at like basic materials and, and cyclicals and things that you would expect to do better with just higher levels of growth in the economy. Jim, great to see you. Thank you. Jim Thank Bianco you. of Bianco Research. Steve Grossley, you've sort of been in Jim's camp for a while in terms of which sectors to be in. 
Yeah, and I think Jim hits it on the head here. I just don't, like today when you heard Powell speak, the things that led were financials, real estate, staples, those led. But if you turn around and you look at the year-to-date performance, you have the XLK ETF for tech, up 34% year-to-date. You look at the XLF, which is the ETF for financials, that's down 18%. So I don't think, to Jim's point, you're going to get long-lasting uh, rotation into where we all think it's going. I do feel like the market's a little toppy here. So I've been a bull, but when you really look at this, uh, you know the, the overused saying, things don't grow to the sky, trees don't grow to the sky. I think we're due for that 15% to 20% pullback in the overall market. So I think the market has bit off a little more than it can chew following Powell into this, uh, into this hole of never-ending upside. Guy, I know you flagged the move in the VIX yesterday, which uh, followed the S&P 500 higher, and that continued today. Yeah, it's interesting. Now, yesterday was a B day, right? So I don't have a letter for you today, although I'm sure if you gave me some time, I could think of one. But I thought it was interesting yesterday <laughs> that the VIX sort of held that 21 level, the timid flag. Then today, the reversal in the VIX today, I thought was really something to keep an eye on. I think to Steve's point, uh, this move in the VIX, you know, we might look back a couple of weeks from now and say it was that Thursday and at the end of August when the VIX sort of showed its hand. I do think the VIX rallies from here, and I don't think it's coincidental that maybe it happens as we get through both conventions now, and now we have sort of some, some uh, highway until the election. So it, it makes sense in terms of the calendar, uh, the, the situation that Steve just pointed out in terms of a meaningful correction to the downside. All right. Coming up, Gap shares pulling back from its after-hours highs as the company's call gets underway. We'll bring you all the headlines from the quarter straight ahead. And later, the $5 test that turned into a $15 billion gain for Abbott Labs. The big news of SunShare is soaring today. we got the details with Fast Money Returns. Wouldn't it be great to have all your investment and retirement accounts in one place? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, makes it easy. I use it to put my investment account and 401k accounts into one hub and get expert tips that help me confidently manage my money. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or are looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. Securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors, and it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. Welcome back to Fast Money. We've got an earnings alert on Gap. The stock pulling back from its after-hour session highs, still up, though, three and a quarter percent. The company's call is underway. Let's get straight to Bertha Coombs with the details. Bertha. 
Yeah, it's all about online, Melissa. Total net sales were down 18% year over year, but e-commerce sales nearly doubled. That resulted in total gap same-store sales up 13% once stores reopened in the quarter versus analyst expectations of a 25% decline. Old Navy, the standout as usual. With more standalone and off-mall stores, net sales were down 5%, but online sales surged 136%. They were able to better do that curbside pickup and comps rose 24%. Gap net sales took a 28% hit, but comps rose 12%, also getting a bump from online. Banana Republic, that's the laggard. Consumers turning away from fashion and work war, workwear and toward athleisure. And take a look at, at Athleta, which tends to discount less than others. It actually saw net sales up. CEO Sonia Singal said that actually 24% of sales between Athleta and Old Navy were in that athletic gear area. And she says the strength in the performance was due to being able to meet the moment. They nearly doubled e-commerce, approximately 50% online penetration because they were able to pivot to this digitally led culture. She says back to school is going to be a lot longer than usual because of all of the different situations between some areas going back in person, some areas going back online. But she says she continues to see this momentum in the back half of the year. Melissa? Bertha, thank you. Bertha Coombs. Um, Tim, you, you were excited about this well-timed city call. Turns out to be yeah. well-timed. They upgraded Gap shares to a buy uh, on Monday ahead of this quarter. That, look, that was 20% ago in, in the stock. Same-store sales comps up 13%. Um, brother just ran through the numbers, so I don't need to tell you which businesses are strong and which are weak. But overall, the fact that 290 mall stores or stores that were unprofitable, uh, the rationalization process closed. It, it, the part of the process here and the reason digital sales are better is because of what we've gone through. Not only are people not able to go to stores, but they're not going to malls. And guess who loses? It's, 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 it's the REITs and the mall operators. It's not the Gap stores who've already suffered through the pain. They could be opportunistic here. They have been. They're also going for capital light partnerships. Whatever they're going to do with Kanye, it will certainly add some value. Uh, and if you look at the, the brands that matter, Guy Adami alone is probably keeping Athleta in business, and, and, and you know, Old Navy is a stalwart that's always been strong, and they stay strong. Uh, stay in the gap here. His love of yoga pants cannot be denied, that's for sure. Uh, let's get more reaction to Gap's quarter. Bring in Gap shareholder Delano Sapporo of New Street Advisors. Delano, great to have you with us. Thank you, Melissa. Uh, we are getting some more headlines from the conference call saying second half sales performance to be fueled by Athleta and Old Navy. Perhaps not a surprise. It also expects higher shipping expenses with online orders. Perhaps also not a surprise. No fiscal full year uh, outlook on sales and earnings because of the uncertain, uncertainty. Delana, what does Gap still need to do to complete this turnaround? Yeah, I would say looking forward to the future, continue to strengthen e-commerce. So like the numbers that we saw, like the number we saw top and bottom line, so continue that strength in the e-commerce uh, wave. Also, we really want to see what Athleta is doing as far as, is this a wave of kind of the pandemic new normal, we're all working from home, or is it really a strong brand that we're going to see consumers flock to in the future? I really want to see what they do with that execution going forward as well. And I think, um, as, as mentioned, the partnership with Kanye and, and Yeezy in 2021, I really want to see how consumers react to that. But I think they had strong numbers. I like what happened at the top and bottom line, but looking for more as well. Is there uh, still the possibility of, of a breakup of the company in some, some shape or form? 
I think I think possibly. I mean, you're looking at the different you know brands that they have, and obviously some spinoff value there. But I like what they did with this quarter, and I like what they've been doing so far. So if we continue to see this, maybe they kind of keep all the brands together and house them under the same roof. But um, there is a possibility of that. How much do you think Kanye could actually add? Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, this is one of those big, big um, kind of uh, uh, options that they took. It was a thing that's a risk, uh, but I think you know there's high up side you know we're looking at someone that's really a genius in the fashion space what he did with adidas in other areas i think he can bring that over to gap not only on the e-commerce front but with the the, the consumers and eyeballs he draws and if fashion's a very fickle area but when you hit you really hit well and i think that's possible here it's karen let me ask you something about the rent i didn't see if they were continuing to not pay rent expense this quarter as they try to rationalize their store how do you think that plays out with the landlords ultimately I think that'll be very interesting to watch. Um, I'm watching closely. I want to find out what happens when we, I'm going to listen to their earnings call. But I think it's really interesting to watch what they're doing as they make that ship. The new management came in, and I think they're trying to play things different, but I'm watching that closely as well. Delana, great to speak with you. Thanks for your time. Thank you all. Delana Sapporo of New Street. Guy, you on board, Gap? You know, I have a pair of those Yeezys. And I'm going to do the inside baseball Wait, thing. Do you, you know, really? we have a conference Wait, are, today at 1230. Of course I don't. I don't know. Of course I don't. The only reason I even know what a Yeezy is is because my daughter had a pair on, and I said, what are those? And she told me. Then she told me how much they cost, and I, my eyes started to tear. But, you know, we, at our conference call, you heard me in the background talking to my daughter, and she just got a package from Athleta. I mean, it's all over the place. If banana, if, if they pull the ripcord on Banana Republic, which they should have done a while ago, I mean, you look at their operating margins, they were 2%. The street was looking for minus 6.6. Inventories were down 3.5%. This sets up for a stock that should be trading $22. Go back last summer, it traded between 18.5 and 19 for a long time. So that's where we're probably going to stay for a while. But a close above 19, and I think this is off to the races. Steve. Yeah, I agree that with that level guy just said that 19 levels, the February high. So we're sort of in the middle of no man's land. 14 and a quarter is your is your base on it. But to your point, the conversation of the breakup value is what's going to keep this stock trading higher. If that leaves the conversation, then this stock trades lower. You're talking about a total enterprise value of over 12 billion with Athleta and with Old Navy. But I'm going to give you one more. Yes, GES down 47%. This is a, a, a sheer example of everyone was betting against Gap stores. There's been more people betting against Guess, GES down 47%. Look for that one with a 22% short interest to rally on the back of a Gap stores. It's up, uh, oh, it was up 5% today. Um, we'll watch that. We got a lot more fast money coming your way. Here's coming up next. A rapid test rally. We'll dive into the deal that's got shares of Abbott Labs soaring today. And later, one of the big winners in the stay-at-home trade peddling higher. We'll find out where it's going from here. That and a lot more when Fast Money returns. Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. (laughs) That's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. 
<laughs> I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Welcome back to Fast Money. We're following big new developments out of the White House on Abbott Labs and its rapid COVID test. Let's get to Elon Moy. He's got all the details. Elon. Melissa, President Trump will announce tonight that the administration is buying 150 million coronavirus rapid tests from Abbott Labs in a deal that's worth $750 million. Now, the FDA just granted Abbott emergency authorization for these tests yesterday. Abbott says they're going to cost $5. The results will be available in 15 minutes and that they can make up to $50 million a month starting in October. Now, the key innovation in these tests is that even though you still need a nasal swab, you can see the results on a device the size of a credit card. One line means you're negative. Two line means you're positive. You don't have to send it back to a lab, which is where you have seen a lot of the backlog in testing so far. Now, the White House has been using a different rapid test, also made by Abbott. Now, that test had come under fire uh, for being not very accurate. In fact, the FDA had to warn consumers that the test tended to produce false negatives. Now, Abbott is saying that this new test is better, and it says that it can detect positive cases with a 97% accuracy rate. Now, President Trump will be making this announcement tonight when he delivers remarks to the Republican National Convention from the White House. Melissa, our polling shows that even though President Trump is still trailing Democratic nominee Joe Biden in our swing state polling, he is seeing an improvement in his favorability ratings as consumers and voters find that their concerns about coronavirus is starting to ease. Back over to you. Elon, thank you. Elon Moy uh, in Washington, D.C. There are a lot of ways to go with this. Abbott, for Abbott at least, Stiefel's is estimating that uh, the emergency use approval of this test by the FDA alone could mean $750 million in incremental sales in the fourth quarter of this year and the first quarter of next year. Um, so it is sizable for Abbott. At the same time, there's the political side of this, and I hate to politicize anything that, to do with the coronavirus But the FDA granted emergency use authorization of this test Wednesday. Trump is going to announce this the next day at the Republican National Convention during his keynote address. Steve Grasso, where do you go with this? Well, as you said, you could take it a bunch of different ways. I think this is going to help the Republicans get a a bump in uh, as uh, as we were just talking about as far as the swing states are concerned. But if you go on a stock by stock basis, Abbott is still a buy. It's up roughly 30% year to date. But then look at the airlines. Then look at the cruise lines. Then look at anything within the economy. You don't need a vaccine. You need people to feel more secure going to malls, going to areas. And if you could have this type of a rapid test, this builds confidence for the overall market, which helps the president in a full circle, which helps his re-election campaign. And it's, it's not just, the, I mean, it's, it's concerts, it's restaurants. I mean, 
so many swaths of the economy all of a sudden find immediate life if you can rapidly test patrons before they go through the door, Karen? Yeah, I mean, of my sort of reopened trades, the one that was up the most today was Live Nation. So concerts, you just hit it on the head. I mean, still, 15 minutes to wait before you get a, into a concert might be too much. But I think the idea of, all right, we'll be able to know who has it and who doesn't is, is huge. But if I think about the, what, the announcement, so 50 million by October, so that would be 150 million. Then if it's 50 million a month, so that's 50 million October, November, December, does that mean we wouldn't really have this fully implemented until um, December? Could I be. I mean, the, I don't know if the production is, is scaled up to the point where 150 all of a sudden can hit the market like that. Um, and presumably this would go to areas like nursing homes first. It wouldn't be to concert goers um, initially. So it would be sort of the more, more critical areas uh, of the economy here. So it would be a staggered. But the notion that this is technology, which is based on pregnancy test technology, is there and it works and it's, and it's scalable, uh, that's game-changing, Tim. It's the it's it's also the gift that keeps on giving. This is, you know, testing. People will test over and over again. So in some sense, there's a there's a recurring revenue stream. And, and I do think that this uh, is not only a game changer for Abbott, but I I do think this is uh, that for for people having confidence going into airports and flying and traveling in one-off situations. I mean, I, I think this is a very, very important development. I think on some level it, it could be seen as more important than the vaccine, at least in terms of getting people back into their routines. I think that's why, uh, and I think we've had some sense of this all week, uh, and I think why you've seen the, the bid to airline stocks. I know there's been multiple announcements, but I do think this is a very important uh, dynamic. Guy, you're surprised the market's not up even more then? I mean, if this is really the... the you know, the goal, the key yeah, a, to the economy. It's interesting. I mean, I guess, well, I mean, am I, nothing surprises me at this point with the market. So the answer is no. But, you know, think about the run we've had into this. And, you know, Abbott Labs has had a pretty monstrous run into this as well. I mean, this was an $80 stock seemingly a month and a half, two months ago. So, you know, somebody was ahead of something. In terms of Abbott specifically, Still, I mean, I, I hear everybody, everybody saying it's still not a cheap stock by any stretch, even when you back that in. Uh, if you've been fortunate enough to own this, I think you're taking money off the table uh, because not only because I think it's a gift, it also traded close to seven times normal volume on a huge up day where I think it made an all time high. So I think if, you, if you've been in Long Abbott, I think you pull the ripcord. You've seen sell offs in Moderna, in Gilead and other names that have forayed into this. My, my sense is you'll probably see it with Abbott at some point as well. All right. Coming up, the dollar store dilemma. How today's pullback in these names has one of our traders worried. We'll tell you why. Plus, beyond the supermarket, how the fake meat company is trying to get its burgers on your dinner table. Fast Money's back in two. Welcome back to Fast Money. Check out the dollar stores in the doldrums today, both Dollar Tree and Dollar General beating earnings expectations. But it wasn't the blowout quarter investors were hoping for. So here's the million dollar question. Do you still buy these names, Guy? Well, I mean, it was I thought it was a blowout quarter. I mean, EPS for Dollar Gen was crazy. I think operating margins were 12 percent, which blew away the numbers the analysts are looking for. Their inventories are under control. I mean, it all points to a company that's firing on all cylinders, which is great, except that the price action today concerned me a bit. I mean, we traded up to an all-time high 
I think 206.98 closed around the lows of the day, which is concerning. I get it. One day is not a big deal. But, you know, again, this is one of those things. If you come back a week or so from now and the stock's trading 194, we're going to point to today as being the reversal. Now, you got to give it a day or so to sort of uh, let itself breathe out or just sort of, you know, figure things out. But the price action today on what was almost two times normal volume has me a little bit concerned in a name that we've all liked for quite some time. Tim? I think Dollar Gen, uh, you know, they're going to start initiate. They're going to continue with the buybacks. The momentum continues into the third quarter. They made that clear. Guy talked about the margins. I, you know, I realize a 96% move in the last two years is, is extraordinary. Um, I also look at the re-rating of the entire retail sector, especially those that have exposure to free cash flow. And I realize it's, it's uh, possibly a particular demographic, but I don't think it is. I think everybody's going into these stores, by the way. I love going in these stores. It's clear Guy's been shopping there for his kids. That's how he can afford uh. Yeezy. So the, the bottom line here is I, I think the multiple in hindsight is about 27 times trailing is expensive relative to itself. Um, but I think you have to reassess what these multiples are. I thought you were going to say it was clear that guy was shopping there because of his tie. But wow. it was, that's I what I thought. That was too obvious. <laughs> but can I ask, a, qu- can I ask yeah. a quick question seriously about these what? Yeezy things? I don't know is, anything is there, about Yeezy. Is there a well, somebody there does. I mean, apparently there's like a 10,000 pair of these Yeezys based on what? I'm, I'm asking a serious. I mean, it's the world is nuts. I mean, maybe Jerome Powell should go sneaker shopping if he wants to find inflation, because that's absurd. Sorry. I feel like that's like the Simpsons old man shouting at the cloud kind of moment on Fast Money. We'll have to, we'll have to do, do, do an animation. Yeah, got it. Uh, anyway, Grosso on dollar stores. Yes. So I'm surprised we didn't go that natural way of doing a would you rather. So I'm going to self would you rather. Uh. Dollar Gen is the way I would go here. And it's just a tremendous push. But by the way, kudos to Guy. I think he was the first and everyone else has has uh, has been there as well. But Guy was on this really early, this trend. Dollar Gen is really doing their push into e-commerce and through grocery. So the, I, the stat that is unbelievable to me is 75 percent of the U.S., lives within five miles of a dollar gen. They're opening up stores. They're becoming more efficient. They're closing down ones that don't perform. So this is one, would you rather, dollar gen. I don't need to be in Dollar Tree. Uh, And you can wait for that pullback that Tim and Guy were talking about. But once it does pull back, I think dollar gen is safe for a move higher. All right. Coming up, Beyond Meat beefing up a new direct-to-consumer initiative. We've got all the juicy details ahead, plus Peloton peddling higher on a big upgrade, and options traders are betting the stock's red-hot rally is about to kick into high gear. We'll bring you that trade when Fast Money returns. Welcome back to Fast Money. Beyond Meat grilling up some major gains today as a plant-based meat company goes beyond the grocery store. Let's get to Aditi Roy with all the details. Hey, Aditi. Hey, Melissa, beyond the grocery store and online, Beyond Meat shares are still in the green after hours. Upon ending the regular session, up nearly five and a half percent. This after the company announced its new e-commerce platform. That new platform allows customers to buy Beyond Meat products directly from the company's website and also access some online only specials. 
The direct-to-consumer rollout allows Beyond to really tap into the skyrocketing demand for fresh meat alternatives in retail. Nielsen says that channel is up 140 percent since March. With the pandemic shutting down so many restaurants, Beyond has really made a big push into retail, launching value packs this summer to better compete against traditional meat companies for those price-sensitive customers. But its competition is doing the same thing. Thing. Kellogg's just announced today that it's launching plant-based ground meat through its new Incognito line. That'll be available at Walmart, among other supermarkets. The company's also rolling out meatless sausage, bratwurst, and chicken nuggets, and launching an aggressive marketing campaign to win over meat lovers. And let's not forget Impossible Foods, which just raised $200 million recently, six months after its last round. It rolled out its direct-to-consumer site, earlier this summer. Melissa, back to you. Thank you very much, Aditi Roy. Um, for alt-meat lovers, this is paradise, Guy Adami, in terms of the array of choices. And you got to think with more <laughs> competition out there um, th that there could be some price pressure here, which could be good for the consumer. Now, if they were smart, they'd launch the skip to my loo line if you get my drift. You know what I'm saying, Mel? And th the competition is there. But remember when you came back in the spring, this was an $85 stock we were talking about, and I told you all the nasty things it did to my constitution, et cetera. But I said, I think the stock's going to test that high we saw in January, which is 132. It actually went to 160. Now it's held this 130 level for a while, and I think this is the next leg higher. I mean, it gives me no joy to say it because, again, uh, I have some history there, but I do think the stock is a buy at these levels. I mean, if Nike, if Nike can have an on-fire direct-to-consumer platform and model, why couldn't Beyond Meat? I mean, its products have very much been in demand, Karen. Yeah, it could. I mean, you know, they do have the three the other channels, you know, retail, restaurants, and food mm -hmm. service. And restaurants and food service are a little bit challenged right now. But this makes perfect sense. Um, so I, I think it'll be really successful. For me, though, a lot of success is priced into this stock already. And you brought up competitors, you know, it's only going to get more competitive, although I'm, I'm a absolutely a believer in, in the secular change to plant-based food. But at 1.30, it's just a little too rich for my blood. All right, coming up, Goldman Sachs turning the wheels on Peloton. I'll tell you what's got analysts so revved up on this stock. And later on Mad Money, Jim is speaking with the executives of Workday, Splunk, HP, and Williams-Sonoma. Be sure to catch that power lineup, top of the hour on Mad Money. Meantime, Fast Money is back right after this quick break. Welcome back to Fast Money. We've got an earnings alert on Ulta. Shares of the beauty retailer up double digits after beating Wall Street's expectations despite same-store sales falling more than 26%. Ulta saw online sales surge more than 200%. Karen. Yeah, I mean, good for them. They, they talked about the evolution the last quarter of online, and they really were able to gear it up. And I think they're going to uh, try to get their Jacksonville distribution center online even quicker to help them be able to do that. I'm really angry at myself for this one. We talked about it when it was 205, which was the, uh, August 20, when Estee Lauder reported, and they had weak earnings, and it was very clear that Ulta would be the beneficiary of the department store's uh, weakness in the, in the makeup space. And I'm crying over it. I'm, I'm wearing waterproof mascara, so you can't really see, but I'm crying <laughs> over it that I do not own any of this. Big mistake. 
Kudos to them. Good execution. It's funny. Tim is, too. Um, check out shares at Peloton. I'm just joking. Uh, peddling higher after getting a brand-new street-high price target from Goldman Sachs. The firm bumping its target from 84 to 96, saying the home workout stock could be way bigger and more profitable than anyone is pricing in. Uh, Guy, you buy into this call? Yes, yes, yeah. And you know the answer is yes, because we've been talking about it forever since it was a publicly traded company. Everybody says it's just a hardware company, it's just a bike. We pushed back. Obviously, what's transpired over the last six months has given them tremendous tailwinds, but they're not going away. And you, I know, and you know, and Karen knows that we are loyal Peloton people. Dennis Morton's my guy. I might ride with them later tonight. With that said, good for Goldman Sachs. I think the stock does go higher from here. All right. Well, Goldman Sachs isn't the only one getting bullish on Peloton. Options traders are also riding this name higher. Bonoin Eisen, B-Ice, got the action. Hey, Bonoin. Hey, how's it going, Melissa? So, yeah, taking a look at the uh, options action. Calls are outpacing puts about three times to one. That's twice the monthly average of about one and a half times to one. So pretty significant on the back of the Goldman News. If you take a look at the options that expire tomorrow, the August 28th expiry, those are implying about a 2.5% move in either direction between today and tomorrow. And what really jumped out to me was about 6,500, 6,600 of the tomorrow expiry 70 calls traded. Now, those were a bit of a tug of war all day between buyers and sellers, and the stock was super volatile about trading between about $68 and $73. But on average, those traded about $135, putting your break even at $71.35, or about nah, just under 2% from current spot. Expect there to be a little bit of carryover in tomorrow, retesting the highs. I think that's really the way guys are playing that. Yeah. Um, Steve Grasso, what do you make of Peloton here? So when you look at Peloton, just on a technical basis, you have a rising 50-day moving average at 63 and a half, and Goldman put that $96 price target. So that's roughly up from here, about 36 37%. So I would be risking, so Bonoan told you about how to play it option-wise, but you're playing straight equity, you risk about 10% to the downside to gain that 37%. I think it's a good bet. But how much of this has been demand being pulled forward? Or as Goldman says, just a ratcheting up of the acceptance curve. I'm not so sure, and I don't think the market is so sure, but there's definitely buyers that are uh, waiting in line for this one. Yeah. Tim? Uh, you know, the Apple of fitness, vertically integrated, they can hold their margins, um, but at what price? I- I'm not really sure. I, I-, I do think that the haves of, uh, of COVID are-, are-, are the haves, and those are the trades that have worked, and you've stayed with them, and you probably should stay with this one. Having said that, gyms are opening up around the com- country, or some have. They're just opening up in New York. It'll be very interesting to see where the stay-at-home dynamic is something. Look, there are people that will never go back to a gym. Uh, and there are people that can't wait to get back to a gym. And I think that's probably something that's going to start to, to weigh in on the price. But for now, um, I, I do like the story. They're far out in the lead, and they are vertically integrated. All right. Hey, Bono, and good to see you. Likewise. Bono, Bono and Eisen. Be ice. Uh, for more Options Action, be sure to tune into the full show. That is tomorrow at 5.30 p.m. Eastern time. Coming up next, we've got your final trades. Let's take a check on shares of Workday, up by almost 12% here. Better than expected earnings here after the bell. Uh, we should note that Kramer is going to be talking to the CEO tonight on Mad Money. And, of course, this continues the parade of cloud stocks that have just been on fire in recent days with their earnings reports, uh, starting off with Salesforce, CRM, uh, and then with Box yesterday and now with Workday. So this will continue to be a big trade in tomorrow's session. You see there a star-studded lineup tonight 
uh, with Jim. Time for the final trade. Let us go around the horn. You know, Tim, we've got a little bit of time. You can, uh, you know, expound on well, your I final like, trade. Yeah, yeah. I, I could, I could take the whole thing, as no. you know, uh, but I won't. And and Walmart is a story that I think we're going to continue to talk about. And this re-rating is not going to be overnight. Uh, but they continue to take market share from Amazon and deserve some piece of that valuation. Steve Grasso. You know, we talked about it earlier and we all touched on it with Abbott Labs. This is is a game changer. And I think for all the reasons that we mentioned earlier, and you don't need the vaccine. This is a shorter t- uh, time horizon that we're looking for this. And it's really the biggest payoff in airlines is one of the major groups. So Spirit Airlines, a name that I've been in for a while, look for these airlines to continue to move higher. It's domestically facing. That's where you want to be in the airline space. Karen Feinerman. Yes, so I sold half of my Kodak puts today. So, uh, you know, there are options, and so we see some time decay. But also, I, um, I think, I'm hanging on to the rest, because I think the Robinhood traders will get bored if there's no news with this one, because they look at some other bright, shiny thing. So I think I'm hanging on to the rest. I think I'll be able to sell them for more before expiration. So selling half of my Kodak puts. Guy Adami. Somebody on Twitter, uh, their handle was Y-E-Y-E person DM me. He said he's got these sneakers right. that he wants to display on our show. I don't know. I don't know if I should reach out to him or not. So, but anyway, Citibank, letter C. I think you're going to start to see analysts start to raise numbers based on what transpired today and a number of different things. So, City, too cheap. That gets you done. See you tomorrow, Mel. I'm off tomorrow, but I'll be on Squawk Box, 6 a.m. Eastern Time. Thanks for watching Fast Mad Money starts right now. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com.